the Blue Ridge Parkway, the North Carolina Arboretum, and more on the second half of our trek to Asheville, North Carolina. This is RV Miles. RV Miles is sponsored by L.L. Bean, dedicated to helping you experience all the benefits of time outside and stay more comfortable while you're out there. From soft and breathable activewear designed to do it all, to just right layers perfect for changing weather, to sun-smart clothing that blocks the sun's harmful rays, every L.L. Bean product is made with comfortable time outside in mind. Visit LLBean.com to shop now. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. Welcome to episode 194 of RV Miles. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two full-time travelers who, along with our boys, Jack, Ethan, and Henry, are crisscrossing North America on one epic road trip. Each week, we talk all things RV and outdoors, from travel destinations to gear, industry news, our national parks, and a whole lot more. We're coming to you from James Island County Park in the great state of South Carolina. We are loving This is the most gorgeous campground park type place the county park i think that we've ever been to it's pricey we like it (laughs) yeah that's putting it mildly we like it so much that we have not left this week we're opting to do all of our exploring of charleston when we move to our next campground and we are taking advantage of everything that this park has to offer including a playground kayaking tons of trails and just Really, really beautiful scenery. I want to uh, kick off the show with a, a story that uh, that I read in a news report. Uh, this comes from uh, WCNC Charlotte, and this happened a little bit earlier this year. It's a honeymoon trip that was uh, to Western North Carolina that almost took the lives of two Florida newlyweds when their RV slid 80 feet down the side of a mountain. It was the middle of night when Wayne and Shirley Ann May approached their destination, driving on a narrow, twisting mountain road in the Cherokee National Forest that was covered in snow and ice. Wayne lost control of the RV, and it started sliding backward down the mountain road. Wayne was able to wedge the RV against the snow-covered rocky surface, and on the other side of the road was a 30-foot ravine. They called 911, but the dispatcher told them that it would be hours before they could get anyone out there because of the inclement weather. Obviously, they didn't want anybody else going up this icy road. So they called their roadside assistance company, and who ended up actually finding a tow truck driver. The tow truck driver's name was Jason Miller at Hampton's Body Shop in Boone, North Carolina. I want to call that out because... I, so he goes up there, and he unlodges them, and he helps them back down Stop. the mountain a mile. Because they could they could not go forward, and there was no way they could turn around, so they he used his you know big tow truck headlights to guide them an hour back down the mountain like it was hot in this clam before we started (sighs) and my blood pressure just if you're watching this then you saw my reactions to the story in real time if you're listening my silence was me just literally jaw on the ground trying to play this one out in my head so uh no mountain roads in the winter in in big rvs and 
no arriving at oh. night. <laughs> oh, it just that's a honeymoon story for the ages. Right? Exactly. Okay. They have no intentions of leaving Florida and visiting the mountains anymore. Well, last week I I asked about car washes. Specifically this car wash I went to had on the sign that when you wash, they suggested that you wash from the bottom up. Yes. Which felt strange to me because yes. you would normally rinse from the top down at least, but they they suggested that you soap bottom up and, and rinse top down. And we got a lot of responses to that for the reasoning why. And apparently a lot of people say it's because the soapy water, if you spray it on the top first, as it runs down, it will make clean streaks that are hard to uh, hard to get rid of. Yeah. Which, you know, doesn't. It doesn't give a lot of promise for how good the, the car wash <laughs> is. But another suggestion was that you it's harder to see where you have soaped if you go from top to bottom and you could miss spots easier. So if you go from bottom to top, you're less likely to miss something. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, fascinating. <laughs> I also got a lot of responses about the my, my black tank last re- week wow. about about people coming on the on ramps. So uh, many thoughts on this subject. <laughs> so many. Well, a lot of most of you, you know, agreed that you're supposed to sort of just keep the uh, the the speed of travel if you are in that right lane, and people in that on ramp lane need to be. You know, they need to be paying attention and doing what they're supposed to do. The problem yeah. comes when you're like, you're, you realize that they're not seeing you and that you have a trailer and you don't want to be slamming on your brakes. So then you start to slow down. But a lot of people recommend getting a train horn installed on your truck. An air horn, you mean? <laughs> yeah, a train horn. Oh, I didn't know they yeah. were called train horns. Yeah. Train horns seem very loud to me. Yeah. That's an air horn, but you know. Uh, sure. You, you have, sure. You get when you get an air horn, you you get choices of different oh. horns, oh. and you can get the train horn. <laughs> of course. I didn't realize. I'm sorry. I didn't know there were so many choices to a horn. Uh, my apologies. The train horn is the loud one. Okay. I One of the things that made me think, and I, it was what I was trying to say on the podcast, and for whatever reason, that got convoluted and everyone thought I was disagreeing with you, which I was not. But what I was trying to say, and someone was so much more eloquent about it, is that I was saying there's two, what was happening is two nice people, you being nice to one, let that person over and that person trying to be nice to let you go forward. When you have two nice people trying to (laughs) slow down, then what happens is two nice people are slowing down. And I think that someone pointed out that a lot of times when people are coming onto these on-ramps, doesn't mean they're in the right but they see a truck and a 38-foot trailer, yeah, and, and their little... natural response maybe is to slow down, whereas your natural response is, I'm a truck and a trailer, I'm going to go slow, well, I'm going to slow down and let you in. A lot of folks saying that this is definitely an East Coast thing as well. So, Oh, well, someone got <laughs> got snippy about it being a Californian thing, but uh, I think that's the default. I think everybody thinks it happens in their state, probably. <laughs> Poor California, they're the <laughs> default for everything sometimes. Uh, speaking of California, if you are if you're listening to this on the day this is released, this coming Thursday, I'm going to be doing a live stream with uh, Diana Kelly from Camp Cal Now, which is the California Campground uh, Association, and Mark Kep from CampgroundViews.com. I may have another guest as well. But uh, we're going to be doing a live stream both on YouTube and Facebook uh, where we're going to talk about booking campsites this summer if you haven't already booked 
uh, a campsite for your vacation, for whatever trips you're planning on making coming up and you're feeling like you're behind the eight ball, we're going to talk about strategies for finding campsites in this difficult time period right now where campgrounds are are booked up in lots of places but not everywhere and on lots of dates but not every date um, so there's lots of ideas that uh, that diane and, and uh, mark will have and i've got some as well and we're going to talk about boondocking and all of it so if you'll join us at 7 p.m central this thursday and if you're not if you're not listening to this in in real time it will it will stay up so you can go back and and, and watch it and it'll, again it'll be on both the rv miles facebook uh page and the rv miles youtube channel and i'm sure everyone's wondering if i'm going to be there i will not be there <laughs> i will be with the children ensuring that they don't come running across you're not going to be managing the comments for me oh <laughs> I, I didn't ask you about that I, yet so i will be there <laughs> i will be doing that and I will also be keeping Henry from making a guest appearance on the live stream. And then if you want to learn about RVing as a family, whether full-time or part-time, um, road schooling, uh, staying connected while traveling as a family, visiting national parks, all of it, uh, we're a part of this thing called the RV Family Virtual Summit that's happening May 11th through May 15th. It's free. It's going to be seminars, interviews, stories from the road from lots of full-time traveling families. Uh, and uh, practical advice like tips and insider information to help you get going and, and, and do this. If you, you know, there's also that one seminar they're doing on the practical advice for grownups. Yes, there's that. There's, there's that. that as well. There's uh, that, <laughs> which has become a very hot topic lately, <laughs> I've noticed, amongst RVers, because there's more of you out there now, and you're wondering about... <laughs> that thing that adults do. <laughs> you can look at that on the, the schedule. Abby and I will be uh, doing a session on uh, visiting national parks with kids. And mm -hmm. uh, and then we're going to be part of a, a panel as well. But uh, tickets are free, uh, but you got to get a ticket. It's rvfamilysummit.com. And then you, there's a paid version as well where you can watch these sessions forever but the but if you want to watch them in real time that week it's free and we will have a link to that in rvmiles.com slash 194 or if you're on youtube just click down into the description and the link will be there for you to sign up all right let's take a break and when we come back we're going to have the answer to last week's brain teaser and we're going to talk about the rest of our trip to Asheville, north carolina be right back Electrical surge protection is one of the cheapest insurance policies you can provide for your RV and the Power Watchdog Smart Surge Protector. Made by Hughes Autoformers, beats the competition with field-replaceable surge modules. With other brands, when the surge protector takes a large surge or a spike, you have to throw it away. But the Power Watchdog can be brought back to life with one small, affordable part you can replace yourself. They'll even give you a free surge module in the first two years. And now they have a limited lifetime warranty. Use the coupon code RVMILES, all one word, for 10% off your order at HughesAutoformers.com. That's RVMILES for 10% off at HughesAutoformers.com. The RV season is finally upon us, but the change of seasons also brings rain, mud, pollen, and other elements that you have to waste your time cleaning, or worse, that can end up damaging your vehicle. Whether you own a motorhome, a travel trailer, or a camper, EmpireCovers.com is here to help you protect all your vehicles against Mother Nature. EmpireCovers.com offers high-quality, affordable covers that are engineered to protect. Every cover comes with a free warranty to guarantee that it remains durable over time. 
RV Miles listeners can receive free shipping plus an extra 15% off their entire order. Visit empirecovers.com slash RV Miles or use the promo code RV Miles at checkout. It's time for the answer to last week's brain teaser, which went like this. Oh, God, I forgot about this one. Oh, yeah. Galaxy Detective Superstar was on a case. <laughs> a spaceship was lost. Her partner, Galaxy Junior Detective Brightstar, gave her a piece of paper. This was the location of the spaceship. This is what the slip had scribbled on it. Juice, umbrella, potato, ice, tomato, elephant, rice. Where is the spaceship? Jupiter. It's the first letter of we, each of those words. I we don't, had people complain that this was too easy, what, which I, I found can adorable. We, can we break down here? What What is the setup for this? Uh, the spaceship okay, well, was lost. Her partner gives her a paper that has these words on it. Why? Why does her look, partner not just not say where it is? All you need to know is Ferris Beats Battlestar. Uh, how, okay. did Junior, how did Junior Detective <laughs> Brightstar figure out where it was? I, I have lots well, of questions behind this story. This is not... Okay. Who, what, what, call, what, what are the qualifications to be Galaxy Detective Superstar? You have to, you have to go up in the ranks. Okay. Galaxy Detective Superstar clearly started where Junior Detective Brightstar was. And then I really do believe that the be-all, end-all, once you leave Galaxy Detective Superstar, your next level is to become Lone Star. Then you get your own Winnebago, and you get to travel the galaxy, and you have to defeat Lord Helmet. Do you see, like, there's steps here to all do of you, this, okay? Do you write every word out by you, writing the words with the first letter on a well, piece of paper? Well, it has to be cryptic. Is you that cryptic? Can't. Because yes. we got a lot of correct answers on yeah. this one, I'm just saying. Yeah, you like when people answer something because it's easy enough that they can enjoy it and answer it. Some people <sighs> even wanted to know how they could apply for this job. Oh, like, there are steps. And when you're done being Lone Star, then you go on to be Guardians of the Galaxy. <sighs> there's so much happening with this. It is time to talk about the rest of our journey. <laughs> <laughs> into Asheville, North Carolina. Okay. Uh, which was a great time, right? Oh, we loved it. So we went on the Blue Ridge Parkway, uh, and that was been something that we've wanted to do for a very long time. And the Blue Ridge Parkway is 400-some miles uh, across North Carolina. It begins at the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. So w from where we were in Asheville... We did most of this section between Asheville and Great Smoky Mountains National mm -hmm. Park. And what's cool about the Blue Ridge Parkway is that it, it, the visitor center is basically in Asheville, and it is not up in the mountains at the visitor center. So you can uh, go straight to the visitor center, and you can decide which direction to go from there, but then you sort of climb up to the mountains. And from our campground, that KOA, we uh, we were only about a 15-minute drive up into the mountains. And that's part of the experience itself, getting up there. It was great. And I think we should remind everyone that prior to doing this drive, we did feed our children cold stone. <laughs> and so we went to the visitor center. Then we drove to a cold stone. Then we took the kids on this drive. And that's when the party ensued. <laughs> <laughs> now, it, it's... Um, it, it it runs along the ridge of the mountains. You're near. You're on the top of of most of them, at least in the section we were on. Nothing scary about it. Nothing no. really feeling dangerous at all. No. Um, two lanes with decent amount of shoulder and all that sort of stuff. Not a lot of huge drop offs or anything like that. But just tons and tons of of beautiful beautiful scenery, especially now in the spring, 
as everything was changing to that beautiful blue-green. We had a rather cloudy day, too, so I think some of the colors were a little muted for us. But I think because of that also, we had a really quiet day on the road. Yeah. It wasn't very busy, and we were able to stop at a lot of places where there was no one. Again, we had another one of these experiences where it sometimes felt like we were the only people there. And this was the number one National Park Service site last year. Yeah, lots and lots of people took the Blue Ridge Parkway last year and new every year. Yeah, and so we were expecting to see a little bit more traffic and we didn't. We stopped at many overlooks. In fact, we stopped at an overlook that connected us back to Biltmore because the Biltmores, the Vanderbilts had put a home. This was their mountain retreat home. There were remnants there of their mountain retreat home. We stopped there and we got to see that. It was lovely. In fact, that's where you went back to do last week or the week before's news. The week new, before's, the week news before's. Yeah. So if you watch from two weeks ago, Jason's news video, that wall that's behind you, yeah, it's part that's of the, the foundation. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was pretty cool. And it was great to have that kind of access to, to be able to go in and do some filming like that in the park. There are also lots of different, uh, at each, each of these different stops are often trails uh, that you can take. The mountain The mountain to sea trail mm -hmm. uh, goes through the parkway, big long trail that heads all the way to the ocean. But we uh, we stopped at a place called Graveyard Fields and had a picnic and, and went on a trail, uh, which we'll talk about in a minute. But graveyard fields is this weird place where a whole grove of trees mm -hmm. was blown over by an extreme wind event and their stumps all uprooted and they were then covered over by vegetation so it's just like it looks like ski moguls almost without the snow over the top of them it did it used to and uh and, and well, it's still like bumps, you know. Yes, but the thing is, is it looked, why it's called graveyard fields is it actually, they looked like graveyards. They looked like headstones. Oh, right. yeah, and yeah. so what has happened over time is that vegetation has come back. Those trees have begun to regrow. Like life has come back to this area because it was completely barren from this like wind phenomenon that swept through. So you can't see exactly what it looked like prior to life returning to this area. But the reason why it is called Graveyard Fields is because when people first came upon it, they initially thought this looks like a graveyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just, it's all these bumps. It's weird. And um, it's beautiful though. And there's a, a lovely, the river is going through there. Yeah, and, so that we took a trail down to yeah. this this uh, river, this creek stream that goes, I would say a mountain stream that goes through this area and there's uh, several different little waterfalls and you can walk through the stream and there's little waterfall overlooks and stuff like that. And it was uh, just a lovely, lovely day. And I would say that they categorize this hike as easy. And I, I want to say though, while there are portions of it that are very, very easy, it's an incredibly steep hike to begin with. You go down a set of stairs right off of the parking lot and then you continue to descend down. You're descending down into the valley. Then as you, if you want to proceed on and go towards the waterfall, the main waterfall itself, like there's a bunch of places you could stop and, and you can really tailor this hike for if you just want to do a few minutes or if you want to do, I think for us, it was about 30 minutes to get to the waterfall, maybe a little less. Little Legs did it. 
But Little Legs, especially Henry, was really tired by the time we got back to the truck because it was just a lot of uphill at the end of the hike. Uh, so we we really enjoyed our time up there, um, but we also visited along the Blue Ridge Parkway, the North Carolina Arboretum. And uh, we were big fans of botanic gardens, arboretums, them. anything of that nature. And this is one of the better ones that we've ever been to. For sure. And this was recommended to us once people knew that we were in the area. So many people said, you need to go to the Arboretum. It was not on our radar at all. And so thank you to all of those who suggested that to us because we did plan a day and we went again, took another picnic and just enjoyed several hours at the garden. And so many times we all just looked at each other and said, this feels so much like being back in Chicago again and going to the Chicago Botanical Garden, which is just an absolutely spectacular botanical garden. And so this was really nice for us as a family because it allowed us to hearken back to a different time of life. Yeah. And also it was something for the kids to relate to. They could talk about it and it felt familiar to them. And we just, it was just a really lovely afternoon. And the weather has been so spectacular. That going to these gardens when it's just blue skies and cool breezes and beautiful sunshine, they just come alive. They're so wonderful. And again, with spring blooming, uh, it yes. was $16 a car, which is very decent price and uh, it's meticulously taken care of. Mm -hmm. Lots of formal gardens to walk through and then lots of trails that you can take and lots of kid activities and stuff. Um, I liked that a lot about this too was that the opportunity to get away from the formal and the, the pruned and you know just really sort of the showcase part of what a botanical garden can be and then to hike back into the forest, which is just untouched, and experience that part of the area. I really enjoyed that. For the second half of our stay, we stayed at a place called Orchard Lake Campground uh, near Saluda, North Carolina. This is a little bit further out, not quite right in Asheville. It took us a, a bit of a drive to get up to the Arboretum. Well, yes, but it was only about 45 miles from the KOA, which that is my kind of a travel day. That was, yes. I think, maybe a little over an hour for us to get there. But the one thing I wasn't anticipating were the roads once we got off the highway. It's quite a winding road to get back to this yes. campground. It is, this campground is very secluded, rural, away from everything. There's the little town of Saluda, which is very cute and and quaint, uh, but the Orchard Lake Campground is one of those sort of like family-run places that is just sort of like your getaway from everything for a while sort of retreat. It's a destination, but a destination that is like an independent in the sense of, you know, a destination where you're, if you're talking a KOA or a Jellystone, you kind of know what you're going to get with those. You're going to go there for the week and you know as a family what to expect. I love these because they are their independent, their small business private campgrounds, and they really do 
treat you just like your family. And it's just, we had such a great week. It was, again, another campground that we didn't really leave because there was so much there to do. And this is what we're about to tell you is all included. There's no extra fees. There is a a zip line, not one of those like big, like go through the mountain zip lines, but a kid friendly, a a kid friendly zip line, but still like a big, like a not like a big one that we wrote it, like hop on, (laughs) Um, canoes, outdoor movies, uh, um, bonfires like community bonfires with with free s'mores and. Uh, they even had Reese's peanut butter cups to put the Full s'mores on. Size Reese's peanut butter cups. They were not skimping. They were like, do you, and they were giving you as many as you wanted. My kids thought that they <sighs> had were in heaven, and I was like, two is the limit. And they're like, but that kid over there had five. <laughs> I was like, well, that kid has to go home, and his it, mom and dad have to deal with. Yeah, that. <laughs> his parents weren't up with him. Yeah, uh, your but, limit is two. <laughs> but you know, how rare is that though that you come across a campground where they have. Uh, a big lake with canoes and mm-hmm. kayaks and stuff, and they don't charge you to use them. You just go grab one and go out. They have a catch and release pond, laundry on site. They had a rec room, which I imagine, like if we were to come back next year, outside of you know the tail end of COVID times, and that rec room, I bet will just be packed with kids. There was foosball in there and pool and just all kinds of stuff that the kids could do. And I thought, oh my goodness, you know, I was getting major like fish lake vibes, which I bet the kids would get as well. But what I just really loved was that Saturday night movie, family movie that they did socially distanced outdoors. They put up that big inflatable screen and they played a movie and everyone was just in their own space. I got to wear my full body sleeping bag again. And they put on the Chronicles of Narnia, which we had never seen before. So, you know, Ethan, Henry and I stayed. You and Jack went back because Jack's 13 and a half now. And, you know, he can't be bothered with a family movie. So, <laughs> so you guys went back. But the boys and I, the other two boys and I, we stayed and we had such a nice time. And it just keeps, this is, we need more drive-ins. Okay. Can we get more outdoor? I used to live three blocks from a drive-in movie theater and it was the coolest thing in the world. Oh, I love it. There's just something about like watching a movie as a community outdoors. That is so rad to me. I love it. Uh, This place has... At least for our Verizon, our oh. T-Mobile, and our AT&T, Woof. none of them got signal. Uh, no, you Sprint <laughs> users out there, you might have better luck, but... Uh, but the campground has very good Wi-Fi. Mm. It was enough for us to do our work. Their Wi-Fi was slamming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was so impressed. It got and... a little bogged down on the weekends, but it was still usable uh, for the stuff you needed to do. Like, you, on the weekend nights, you wouldn't be watching a movie. No, and you know, I thought I had vetted this Wi-Fi situation, signal situation a little bit better. So when we rolled in and we were like, not getting this, not getting that, not getting that, I got a little nervous. So I'm really thankful to them that they recognized that they needed to have a good Wi-Fi setup. I bet when that park is packed, it's a whole different story. And I would say while we were there, it was maybe like a third full, which 
can we talk? I'd say it was more full than that. It was, I'd say well, it was. No, there's a lot of seasonals. Right. And they all left on Sunday. So that week that we were there, that whole upper section was completely well, empty. I was talking about the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm talking. Look, I'm giving the full picture. Okay. No, you're giving the weekday picture. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. We're talking about the same thing, but not. I will give you that. Uh, But I really did sort of like appreciate, and I I wanted to bring this up, that it was a really quiet week after weeks and weeks and weeks of being in packed campgrounds. We had a whole week where it, it was, you know, people were coming in and out. Absolutely. But it was quiet. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was so quiet. This campground is also along the Palmetto Trail, which is a a, a very big, long uh, trail. Through South Carolina. Yeah, and you could, it, like, literally the trailhead parking is kind of attached to the campground. Uh, so we could, we often like to go out on daily walks, so we were able to, like, go on the on the trail a few times. I mean, North, we were in North Carolina. Yeah. I North said Car- South Carolina. Yes, in the state of North Carolina. Yeah. I I don't know if you can... I don't know if this is going to get edited out. It's probably not. <laughs> but I was wrong. We were I in North Carolina. I only edit my mistakes out. <laughs> yes, like I yours. know. I always think you're going to edit out my goofs. And then I go back to listen and I'm like, huh. <laughs> oh, I see how it is, huh? You don't, You got to give me a place <laughs> to go back to if you wanted to edit it out. Throwing that down, are we? I All see right. you. That was our trip to Asheville, North Carolina. <laughs> it was a, a fantastic time. It is a great town. It's a place that we really look forward to going back to. I really enjoyed it. I can't wait to return. I want to be at the Biltmore for the holidays. I'm just letting you know. All right. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll have our Fresh Tank Black Tank segment and the new Brain Teaser. As an RVer, you know how important it is to have a quality roadside assistance company on your side, like CoachNet. Imagine driving down a major highway and hearing an explosion. Immediate panic sets in as you realize you just had a high-speed blowout. Your nerves are shot, you're stressed, you're scared, and you're stranded. When you have CoachNet, the first thing they ask when calling is, are you in a safe location? Showing a level of care that immediately puts you at ease. They send out a tow truck suited for your RV and tow you to a repair shop where you can catch your breath and finally relax. CoachNet has over 30 years of RV industry expertise, and their mission is to ensure that you enjoy a carefree RVing experience by getting you back on the road for making memories with your family and friends. For more information about CoachNet memberships, visit visit welcome.coach-net.com slash rvmiles. That's welcome.coach-net.com slash rvmiles. A good first aid kit is essential whether you're a full-time RVer or a weekend warrior or just out for a hike with the family. An RV Miles favorite, MyMedic, offers comprehensive care for whatever life throws at you. From the tiny little scratch to severe trauma, we carry the MyFAC Advanced, which offers 100 quality first aid and trauma supplies and can easily attach to the seat of your truck or a backpack. Get your life-saving kit today and save 25% when you visit MyMedic.com and use the code RV25 at checkout. That's MyMedic.com for 25% off with the code RV25. We'll also provide a link to both CoachNet and MyMedic in this week's show notes. It is time to check the level of our tanks. Abby, what is in your 
black tank this week? So my black tank goes to sites that I call them Y-shaped sites where you share a driveway with the Mm. other campsite, which is currently what we're doing. And I don't believe that was expressed on the map when I booked this. That's the problem. (laughs) You can't tell. Yes. And so (laughs) when we showed up, we were very surprised to see that we basically feel like we're camping with another camper luckily they're very nice people but you know oh, it, really it nice. could this, go the other way yeah no <laughs> it has nothing to do with the fine people next to us but what i don't like about these is they feel like a money grab site to me this should just be one site yeah okay and this is your attempt to have two sites and to bring in a little bit more of that cha-ching and this campground as nice as it is has lots of them yes and i don't think that they should be allowed to charge what they charge per night for a site where half of my site is being shared with someone else. Also, some of these, and we're fortunate because we do have what feels like at least in the campsite area where our trailer and everything is, we could kind of set up to in the back. And then we also have a tree and just some shrubbery to kind of give some separation. There are campsites here that have none Nothing of that. Nothing in between. It's like one just, big, it's not even a Y, so it's like a... It's just an extra wide space. It's like a lollipop. Like you've got the yes. driveway and then you've got a big just open area of gravel right. with two sets of hookups. And that is the only thing that shows definition yeah. is my neighbor's sewer hookup. It's strange. It's very strange. I don't like these. These are not sites. If I can avoid them, we always avoid them because I do feel a little bit now like when my front door is open or when the windows are open, I'm now a, a part of this other campsite's yeah. experience because even their fire pit looks right directly into our door. You know, and the other night they were out enjoying that and I felt, oh gosh, I don't want to turn my light on in the kitchen to wash dishes because I don't want to bother their experience. So again, this would not we would not have Y shape or flux capacitor shaped, however you want to look at it. We would not have those in an RV Miles campground. What is in your fresh tank? So my fresh tank this week goes to any pizza joint outside of the greater Chicago area that dares take on the Chicago style pizza. And I'm surprised by how many places we have found recently, especially that are taking on Chicago-style pizza. I'm not saying that it's going to be good, but I think you're really brave and really confident in your pizza-making ability if you are going to take on a Chicago-style pizza. Well, this place we went to was, they were clearly from Chicago. They had Cubs, Cubs. memorabilia on the walls and yeah. stuff like now, that. Now, I will say, though, I felt like that they had watered down that Chicago-style version a little bit, maybe yeah. to fit the area that they're serving. Yeah, that crust was not that Chicago style crust has got to be it's got to be firm. Well, and it was also missing the, you know, 5 inches of pizza sauce that sits on the top of. So for anyone who doesn't and know cheese, Chicago and yeah, and it, sausage. Yeah, and, it was it was sort of deconstructed a little bit. You know, and a Chicago style pizza is almost like inverted on itself, right? So the cheese and the the toppings are inside of the crust and then they just slap you know, just pounds of sauce on top. And they bake the whole thing. And, and it takes a really long time. It's usually about 45 minutes. If you're going to order from Giordano's, you're not going to see that pizza for but 45 this minutes. This one had a weird attempt to have, it seemed like, have crust on the top. It, yeah. It and was it like, was just, we can't fully go Chicago on this because people will lose their minds. It was just soggy. 
I liked it more than it was you good. Did. It was fine. It was pizza. Look, come on. I know it's um, pizza. Like it was edible. You know, it's yeah. it's cheese and this bread is, and tomato sauce and. This is the lady that'll eat meat. a Totino's over here. Okay, <laughs> like with no hesitation whatsoever. Slap some extra cheese on that. I'm good to go. That's where I draw the I line. I know you do, and I don't understand it. But this was this was great. You know, and they had you know it was a beer garden, and we were able to sit outside, and there were they had so many things going for it. But it just got me thinking that I find that if that is not the main thing that you do, that you make, I find it, and you're not in Chicago, I find it very brave. It's a, it's a tough thing to do. That because is absolutely. We don't like that kind of pizza unless <laughs> we're not in Chicago. And then anytime I see it on the menu, I'm like, oh, we're ordering that. When we're in Chicago, we get real Chicago pizza, which most Chicagoans yeah. actually eat thin crust pizza. Or we go to Pequod's and we get probably oh, the like, caramelized crust it's fantastic deep dish if you find yourself in chicago now or 10 years from now or whatever go to pequod's i didn't go there for the longest time because i thought the name was weird and they have like a like their their logo is like a sardine and that that kind of turned me off so i I I didn't go for the longest time and then when i finally did i was like okay okay i judged a book by its cover i should not have i've been there many a time with kids in tow and another mom friend because you were working and i was like i can't handle he's working tonight at the theater i cannot do this by myself hi mom friend want to take the kids to peak ones (laughs) and then we would just hang out there that's great all right what is in your black tank this week? There's a man named Jake Adams who has been traveling the country uh, for his Instagram account, hitting a golf ball in every state, uh, which is sure, okay. Look, uh, he found a hook that no one else has been doing. The problem is he's been doing it in national parks. Oh, dude. And, you know, not retrieving the ball. Oh. <laughs> so he's getting in a little bit of hot water from actually the the latest video of him in Yellowstone. Oh, he's filming. He's filming oh, himself dude. hitting a golf ball in Yellowstone. In Yellowstone, like in the middle of the park, putting like a tee down. And whacking a ball into these sensitive oh geyser areas where the crust of the earth is thin. They don't even have you walk on it because they have boardwalks. Because really? You That's where it. he's choosing to so, and slap he, that ball? And he says, so he, he, after he, you know, got some hot water for it, he says the balls are biodegradable. Uh, oh, get out of here. I don't, I don't buy it for a second, but also that still doesn't make it okay. Did he link... To the biodegradable uh, ball. Did he tag them? Do they make the biodegradable? Are they? I'm sure they make biodegradable golf balls. I'm sure they do, but I would like, you can't throw a statement well, down like that you know, and not the, back your and source. the thing about biodegradable too is that's, that's a term that um, has very little regulation behind it. And lots of things that we think are biodegradable that say they do, it's very specific conditions that they biodegrade under, under like certain temperatures and that sort of stuff. I mean, not anyway, to just get... don't hit golf balls in Yellowstone. Mm-mm. Not to get into it. We got to move on. But there have been a lot of articles recently, too, on sort of the myth around recycling. And it's breaking my heart. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, not a topic for this podcast or anything. But boy, they're getting hit really hard. And it makes me sad. We got to do better. Yeah. Speaking of doing better. What is in your fresh tank this week? Uh, my fresh tank, I, I've been using uh, a new grill. 
And, uh, you know, we have not, one of the things that we have missed as full-time RVers is that we have not been able to charcoal grill, really. I know a lot of people carry around grills, but I didn't, you know, a kettle grill that takes up a lot of space and stuff. So uh, we were offered to check out this grill called the Explorer 300 by a company called Outback Grills. They're, they're new. This is a new grill, and it is a really cool thing because it's, it's basically um, a disc shape, uh, sort of, you know, like a not too deep, a couple inches deep mm-hmm. grill pan that you can fill with charcoal. And normally the problem with that would be is that like, you know, then the then you get a lot of heat there. And then on top of that, you've got the grate right there and you, you don't have a lot of control there. But they've solved that by making the grate raisable and lowerable. And uh, it, it's kind of like it's kind of like the portable version of those like giant pit grills that you see at like Cabela's set up, you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Where you have like the the pots that you can swing out and in and all, you yes. know, all that sort of stuff. Like you could yes. cook your barbecue sauce. It's that kind you of like- you stand and look at and just be yeah. like, oh. It, it, it's kind of like the portable version of that because you can swing your food out of the way and then back over it and raise and, and lower it. Yeah. Um, it's very rugged. It's, it's, it's basically all welded steel. Um, it's very simple it's sort of like twist lock everything it's not nothing high tech about it it's just it's just sort of a really well constructed thing and it all folds down into just the disc size with a handle on it so once it's cooled down and we empty the ash out we can you know it it fits in a very very small space yeah that's what i like the most about it is that the design has been thought out to be compact and to be portable and, you know, that was one of the reasons why we actually got rid of our last grill that we started off with our Coleman yeah. because it just wasn't compact. It wasn't, didn't make sense for, I don't even want to say a full timer. I would say anyone who camps on the regular lugging that thing around was just so annoying. But this thing, you could take it, you could take it into a national park. Mm-hmm. You could, you know, doesn't have to be in your RV take it to a ball game, whatever it is. And then it also, because the legs are adjustable, you can actually use that as a fire pit. You yeah, can have a fire cool. bowl. You put it down at fire bowl level and use that as your fire pit. You can, or, and you can even still cook over a fire. You could yeah. cook over a wood fire. Yeah. Because you can do charcoal or mm-hmm. wood in it. I would say it's a really nice addition for us to the Blackstone. It looks great at the campsite, but it's, you know, I, I was pleasantly surprised. We've they really thought this out and they were really good about how they kind of came about creating this and they had asked a a bunch of people's opinions on different I think styles and stuff. Yeah, I've actually been talking to them for a very long time. They were sort of talking to me through their process of like uh, figuring out the market for this and and stuff uh, for for months until. Now that they finally got it to market, they sent us one to check out, um, which was just so awesome and kind of them. And uh, I'm really happy with it. So it's the Explorer 300 by Outback Grills. Their website is outback-grills.com, and we'll link to that in the show notes, of course. But they gave us a code, RVMILES uh, is the code, all one word, all capital letters, uh, that expires at the end of May. But it's going to get you $25 off. Uh, we don't... That's... We, that's not an affiliate link. We don't get anything out of that, but that's just a discount for you folks. If you're interested in, uh, if you're interested in this grills, $25 off at outback-grills.com.
All right, let's wrap this episode up with the new brain teaser, which goes like this. Although much water you see, by definition, desert fits me. In the winter, I am double in size, but staying away is a word for the wise. I'm very windy. That is a clue. What am I? Good luck to you. We'll have the answer to that and a whole lot more on next week's episode of the RV Miles podcast. Yes, we will. And hey, if you are enjoying RV Miles, like we ask every single week, would you head over to Apple Podcast and leave us a five-star review? Your five-star review helps put RV Miles in front of a whole new group of listeners. So thank you to the almost 900 people who have gone over and done that already. If you want to connect with Jason and I, and we would love to talk to you, please come and find us over at the RV Miles Facebook group. 9,500 member strong, one of the nicest communities. And can I say, I would like to just acknowledge that my mom is now one of the moderators of the group. We keep it in the family. I know I did. Oh, she's so great. She has been wanting to do something for us. She's one of our biggest champions. So if you see someone who happens to have the last name as me bouncing around in the group, it's my mommy. (laughs) RV Miles is all across Facebook. We are on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. Am I forgetting anything? I'm not sure. Until next week, keep logging those RV Miles. Bye, everybody.